you have a really good re recording setup, but what you don't have <laughs> is costumes. <laughs> you don't have this guy. Yeah. Right yeah, I don't need hats. I just need... But you need his hats in the pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the reaction if you went up on Sunday, started like just completely straight, but wearing that hat, <laughs> and make no acknowledgement exactly. of the fact that you're wearing to it? Acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yes. Deep from the closet. <laughs> my uh, my favorite uh, sermon illustration gone wrong. We were talking about stealing one day. We had. At this point in time, we had about four Fort Worth police officers in our congregation. <laughs> We're talking nice. about stealing one day, and I was into bits because I was a really young pastor. And we have this teenager come in in a ski mask and sneak up alongside the stage and steal stuff off the stage while I'm talking about theft. And, and I'm watching the congregation as I'm teaching, and I know he's coming in from this side. And I see these guys get up and their hands, and they, I saw them, I see them draw their weapons. Oh. So I got a reprimand when that was over. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, hey, let us know when you're going to do something like that. <laughs> Whatever you see today, don't worry, it's planned. <laughs> when I was about 10, my mom was working as a director of religious education uh, for a uh, Air Force chapel, an uh, Army chapel at uh, Fort Dix, New Jersey. You guys' as parents have way more interesting <laughs> histories than I do. <laughs> and, uh, and, but, like, my mom was funny, right? My, my mom was like, hey, funny stuff is funny. And so on April Fool's Day, she was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go prank the chapel, right? Excellent. And so we go in. We, uh, we go in using her key because she has a key to the building because she works there. And, um, and we vandalized federal property. Uh, with toilet paper and Vaseline on doorknobs uh, and cellophane across toilets, you know the it, it was. I got I got a master class on how to absolutely prank someone that day. People came in the next day and they didn't come in like, oh, you those kids. They're like, who broke into our building and vandalized federal property? Because you know, like, I don't know if you know this, but like there are enlisted soldiers who sign for everything that is inside of a chapel, and. On their hand receipt is several million dollars worth of property. This person who makes about $20,000 a year yeah. and has free health care and a free place to live and the world's best eating. Um, and, so, <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so when Private Snuffy came in, he was like, stuff's missing. And he panicked. And so he like he called straight up the chain. <laughs> And so my mom didn't get fired because she went in straight away, went straight to the mea culpa and was like, I am so sorry. I'm still learning the ropes. And so she didn't get fired. And she also didn't dime my sister and me out. And no one out there knows this until, you know, just now. Welcome back to the Unimposters podcast. I'm Damien. And that's Jonathan. Wait, hold on. I'm not Jonathan. No, you're not Jonathan. No. Dude, this intro is not... <laughs> What happened? <laughs> We're here in the costume closet again, and we have a third microphone set up now, man. This feels like Damn, legit. I'm so serious. I, <laughs> or you think I got these scars? <laughs> so anyway, we have we have brought in Jonathan, who is a legitimate pastor of an actual church in Texas. Welcome, Jonathan. Hey guys. Nice. And uh, we are we are uh, we we just finished like. We we just finished the book of Genesis a couple weeks back and we enjoyed it thoroughly 
Some parts we enjoyed too much. There's some parts that I enjoyed so much I had to actually edit out all of the fun we were having with Genesis. There's parts of Genesis we left on the side because it wasn't appropriate to talk about it in church. <laughs> this is a, it gives us no end of grief. But this is a podcast. You can talk about anything you want. <laughs> we we can, but it still goes out on Apple, and Apple still has at least some standards. <laughs> and some of those stories violate Apple standards. <laughs> you, you, you should occasionally release an explicit episode. I mean, like I'm not opposed to it. My concern is more. There are some members of our church who listen to this, and I'm worried about getting beat down by them on a church service <laughs> for talking about things in the Bible. I think it, it might boost your ratings if you occasionally release an explicit episode. <laughs> with a little E next to it? Yes, with the E next to it. Absolutely. I love the idea. Also, if you're, for those of you listening at home, this is pastor approved. <laughs> We're going to call our explicit episodes Pastor John Specials. <laughs> okay, so definitely doing that. <laughs> uh, that's, we're gonna, you're going to put that on the, on the books for next season, right? That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Coming in Exodus. Oh, no gosh. filter. <laughs> Exodus has enough problems as it is. I know it. I know it. Well, Jonathan, one of the things we just did, we, we finished reading, uh, reading through Genesis, talking through Genesis, laughing through Genesis. Um, as a guy who has officially studied the Bible, uh, and uh, you know, bo- both you know, like occupationally, but also just because you kind of into like this this Jesus guy who this book kind of starts talking toward. Uh, what are your impressions of the book of Genesis? Just like like as a as a piece of literature, as as it points toward the the coming Christ. Well, it's it's the story of God. It, and the story of his people. And so it is written to us, and this is the mistake that most Westerners make, that, oh, look, God told us how he created the world in a certain amount of time. or uh, And so it's the story of God and his work in his people. And so we read it as that kind of story. And we don't, we don't read it as history. We don't read it as science. We read it as God's story to his people and a story of his people and his, of himself and his interaction with his people. And, and that allows us to know him because he reveals himself to his people uh, through these stories of how he acts in their lives. And so we begin to see the story of God unfold. Well, wait a second, wait a second. How can God possibly be saying anything for us if it's not science? That's a, Are that's you telling a great me question. that science is not the only real thing there is? Science is not the only real thing there is. As a matter of fact, there might be an unseen spiritual world that science doesn't address at all. Oh, get, get Neil deGrasse Tyson in here now. <laughs> no, really. Unfortunately, my impersonation of Neil deGrasse Tyson is even worse than all my other impersonations. <laughs> no, really, get him in here. Like that, 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 that guy talks like in words that, are, that, that grow like an exponential amount of syllables to the point that it makes my head feel like it's going to explode. Speaking of exploding heads, I'm pretty sure that has something to do with, Jonathan, with Jonathan's discussion of Genesis. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh, the story of God's people, and it's the story of God and how he uh, how he that he created the world, um, that he chose to uh, to choose a people through a guy named Abram, and how this Abram guy followed him, and uh, then how his family became the people of God. I mean, that's the story of what. Uh, Genesis is about, and we can 
there, there are a lot of stories we can understand how to understand principles related to knowing God and walking with with him or following Jesus in our lives. But that's what it, it's this picture of how God started his story with this group of people um, through this guy named Abram. One of the one of the things that I had given some amount of lip service to, but hadn't really focused in on it until it was like we had to say some sort of words was the fact that uh very few of the people that you run into over the course of the narration of Genesis are people who you could look to as uh, statically virtuous. Uh, they're like, you know, if you're, if you're putting on a melodrama, you know, whenever you have like the hero come in, you have like the piano player like a dun 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 except that guy would be completely out of work for the entire book until Joseph comes in toward the very end, who's sort of our like our first like knight in shining armor. Yeah, it's like he's he's the guy who had virtue. Everybody else, good grief! <laughs> it was it, it became just a, a, a almost a farce of like, okay, yeah, Abram did a good thing, then he did a bad thing, and then he did a good thing, and then he said, nope, that's my sister, and <laughs> and then the Egypt was like, get out of here, you weirdos! Um, but uh, <laughs> so, what do you think about that? Yeah, so so uh, like you what. what what are your impressions of the characterizations of people and how we uh, how the, how the narration of the stories happen with uh, with the people who are associated there? Well, I think the important takeaway uh, from a pastoral perspective is God used a lot of people with a lot of really significant problems in their lives, and so when we um, trust in Jesus and follow Him, and we then have very significant character flaws. We look back at these characters and see how God continually redeemed their story. And we're reminded, uh, all, of these, all of these people God chose to be his people um, point to Jesus. And they, their, their fallibility um, points, them, points to us the reality that they were not the right person to be what God had chosen for his people. Uh, you, you see Abram, and he, he does make mistake after mistake. You see Jacob, or you see, uh, you see Jacob, his grandson, who is continually an awful human being up until the point where he wrestles with, the, with God, and then he's a little bit better. And all and, of God's uh, people said amen. <laughs> and he's a little bit better. A little, and, bit, a little bit better. And, uh, and so you see these pictures of... Men and women that God, I guess just men, I guess we can just blame ourselves for this. I try to be inclusive when I talk, but really it's just men, right? Who start down a road to delivering God's people, to being the thing, but then they fall short. And we're going to continue to see this through all the judges and then through the kings and David, the great king. We're going to see him do the very same thing. And this is all going to point to us that the Savior we need is none of these men. And so we need a Savior who is sent from God and is, and is qualitatively different from us. I want to defend the women here. Rebecca was also <laughs> a terrible human being. <laughs> yeah. It's not just there the were, There were also right. some terrible women in there. And, and don't, right. don't forget the, the dueling babies between Rachel and Leah. Oh, gosh, and, and yes. The, and the, <laughs> the travesty of the names there. Like, now my husband will love me. Misery. 
<laughs> yeah, you make a valid point. I just, uh, I wasn't, they, they, they don't take front and center quite as often, but they dramatically in the background do uh, show themselves to yeah, be quite they, flawed. They, <laughs> they just make the lives of their children miserable. They don't like ruin like entire nations. <laughs> they birth entire nations. <laughs> Speaking of birthing entire nations, uh, what is coming? What happens next? in the beginning? <laughs> oh wait, we're talking about Genesis. Oh, That's right, in the beginning. <laughs> Do we have anything else? On, on, <laughs> yeah. Do we have anything else on Genesis? Or should we go move on? <laughs> so, um, uh, one one of the other gems that we ran into here is the uh, uh, the the theme that. When when the when the when the characters who were in the in the in the book of Genesis were acting in their way, acting in the way that they were created to, acting doing the things they were supposed to do, that they were creating life around them. Uh, so uh, when like at the very end, when when Joseph was just doing the thing he was made to do, he was making it possible for all of Egypt, and by by uh, extent of them, uh, the rest of that region survive a, a massive famine. Because he was simply doing the thing that God uh, made him to do. And whenever people would sin, then God would remove from them that work and uh, send them away from it so that they uh, could not be a part of that work anymore. Um, or even their sin would be their refusal to take part in that work. Sometimes. Right. Ex exactly. Uh, are there any other like specific themes that you see pop up in Genesis when it comes to... When, when, when it comes to our relationship to God as creator, as king, as, uh, as, as savior? Well, the, in Genesis 12, you see the call of Abram. And Abram is called to leave his home and his people and to go to a place that God's going to, to show him. And then he says to him in those opening, oh, I don't know, three, four verses, he says, uh, and um, he says, and I will bless, God says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And then later in, in, the, uh, in the Bible, we see spelled out that through his seed, the nations of the world will be blessed. And so we see, I mean, there, there's obvious personal takeaways here for us because we see that the blessing we receive in Christ is for the sake of blessing others. Um, we are we we find life in Christ that um, that is better, is, is blessed, and better is a uh, is a term that's probably worth unpacking there. But uh, <laughs> we find life in Christ that is better than life without Christ, and then we in turn bless the lives of those around us. And uh, when Paul points out that when God spoke a little bit later, when he makes a very similar promise to Abram, he tells him that through his seed. Uh, he is going to bless the bless the world, and and Paul points out that that seed is singular, um, and I, I believe he's actually reading from. If I've done my homework right, I believe he's actually reading from the Septuagint when he's t when he is talking about that. But he says that seed is singular because that seed that was promised by God is not a group of people, not a nation, but that seed is the Messiah. It is Jesus who would come, and so when we take those verses that say, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, and through you all the nations of the world will be blessed, we find our place in that promise because we are blessed um, in faith, by faith in Christ or through faith in Christ. We are blessed, and then 
we hand that blessing of faith in the one who, through whom the promise of God came, through Jesus, we offer that to others. And so there's a very simple spelling out of what that takes place. And, the, and a lot of the rest of the book of Genesis, up through that story of, of Joseph, is Abram's descendants, Abraham later's descendants, trying to figure out what in the world this blessing that they've received is. And that's what we see Jacob do when Jacob, uh, when Jacob causes all the problems with his brother. We see him trying to be that blessing, to have that, that blessing was passed to him by his father through his mother's trickery. And so then he thinks, man, I can receive this blessing through trickery. And so he receives this blessing from his father, and then what does he do? He then squanders it. He squanders it by running. He squanders it by not wanting to come back to the land God's promised him. And then at some point as he's making his way back, that we, we see him wrestle with God. And we see him walk away from that experience limping um, because, and you know, uh, not to be overly pastoral with our illustrations here, but, uh, <laughs> but because most of the time for us, it takes us being humiliated with a limp in order for us to really be the blessing God intended us to be. You know, on that note, Andy and I.